Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Hey y'all, it's Nick again for another week, another roundup, and this is Nick's Nerd News, so let's get it started. Hey, we are less than a week out from Red Dead as we record, and we finally got some some clarifications on things, and I know we've been talking about this for a couple weeks, but per the official support page for Red Dead Redemption, the physical version of, physical and digital version on Xbox One will be 107 gigs. So either get an external hard drive, clear out some space, because that one's going to be a doozy. But, however, if you are on PS4, it will be a 99 gig install physical, or 149 gigabytes digital, because it requires extra installation procedures or things like that. I, I, I don't understand. Why does it require... 50 more gigs more or less than than the physical and then again why does it require that much more for for the PlayStation 4 that that doesn't that doesn't compute right because it, it's going to be four full 4k uh not 60 frames Rockstar's not 60 frames per second but full 4k on Xbox One and PS4 Pro so I don't I don't understand what what that means but to go on top of that so, if you're unaware, the average Blu-ray disc, not the average, every Blu-ray disc can usually max out it at 50, 50 gigs of data. So, uh, there's a rumor based off a, a image from Japan, but apparently Red Dead Redemption is going to be on Red Dead Redemption 2 will be on two discs to install. And that kind of makes sense if the physical copy is going to be 107 gigs, unless they found a way to put more information on a Blu-ray disc that no one else knows about, but so it wouldn't be the first time a Rockstar game was was two discs. Grand Theft Auto V was two discs, if you remember, back in 2013 on the Xbox 360 and PS4, but damn, 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 that that's a whole lot, a lot of stuff. Um, Some other things, Chris House, Dan Hauser, excuse me, the head writer for the game and one of the co-founders of Rockstar said that they don't like to use famous voice actors anymore because of their egos, and it also apparently takes you out of, uh, takes the player out of a, their immersion in the game because they recognize a voice and and things like that. I, I I tend to disagree in that regard, but at the same time I I totally understand because there's been points where I'm like, oh hey that's Nolan North, or you can tell that that's James Arnold Taylor or or someone else in voicing a game because. First off, Nolan North is probably one of the most recognizable voices in video games from Nathan Drake to Desmond Miles in the Assassin's Creed series. Whole whole lot of other stuff that it's not even like worth getting into. That that's a whole episode by itself. But I, I mean I get that. I get that. It I it sounded like because there was actually a launch trailer that came out as well. It sounded like they did get the voice actor back for John Marston. Uh, spoiler alert, John Marston is in Red Dead Redemption 2 because this is actually a prequel to the first Red Dead Redemption game. So, there's that. Uh, Dan Hauser also said that we're getting about a 60-hour campaign for Red Dead Redemption 2. 
And this is just the campaign. That doesn't include side missions or or side hustles, whatever else you want to do. It's 60 hours for campaign alone. And they had to cut five hours of it because they cut a romantic subplot that didn't work. 60 hours for a campaign, people. That's like RPG-level stuff. And 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 I'm sure, knowing Rockstar's pedigree, this is probably going to be amazing. And, and I have no doubt that the story's going to be written well, played out well, we'll have great pacing and things like that. Next week we'll we'll talk about about Rocks uh Red Dead because it will be out by the time uh next week's episode publishes. But man, a whole lot of other stuff about Rockstar came out as well in regards to uh Dan Hauser also made a comment to Vulture about hundred hour work weeks and and things like this. This uh, and he had to clarify that it was himself and the writing team who was working hundred-hour weeks. But then Rockstar did a very unprecedented thing and allowed their employees to talk to the press and and be open about it. This isn't the first time news has come out about terrible Rockstar working conditions. Rockstar San Diego's office is is actually nearby. I've I've tried applying to work there multiple times and. If you go on and look at their glass door ratings, it's it's not the greatest. I guess some other employees have clarified. Former employees have said that that working conditions were not great and they were almost forced to, to, to do overtime and forced to, to crunch work and things like this. Crunch work is it's almost a normal thing in the video game industry and it's, it's not great, but it has to do with meeting deadlines and, and things like that. But a lot of people have also said that, no, they, they never experienced that and it was never... Never too much. I, I actually asked asked a friend who I work with currently who actually used to work at Rockstar San Diego, and he was there before when it was Angel Games, before they were purchased by Rockstar, but he said he never had ne- never had, had experiences like that. Um, I'm not going to mention his name or anything just for, for personal and privacy reasons, but uh, it, was, it was kind of an off-the-cuff conversation. So, what, I mean, it wasn't on the record. It wasn't official or anything he just i just asked him like hey with all this stuff coming out did you ever have problems he's like no i I don't know so again that that story is probably going to keep getting bigger and bigger and expanded upon as as the weeks go on and, and i'm sure we'll touch on that as as we know more but as of right now mostly positive things have come out and it looks like maybe the only problems were at the lincoln office which is in it's in the uk if i'm if i'm not mistaken and then rockstar clarified that uh, uh, overtime is not mandatory and it's always paid. And I, I don't know, it's just a whole lot of mess going in and a lot of bad press they probably don't want a week before their first major game in, in six, five years is, is about to drop. But that, that's it for Red Dead. Let's, uh, let's worry about that once it actually comes out. Also this week, uh, the first Spider-Man DLC comes out October 23rd. Um, that's either... That's going to be after this episode publishes, so when you're hearing this, it will be out. Seven ninety nine for standalone, called The Heist. Uh, will star Black Cat as the main villain. Adds a couple new missions, a new faction, different side quests and things like this. Also adds three new suits that I I personally think are very bland and not very cool. The one of one of them's called the resilient suit and i guess that was 
designed for the game, so it's, it doesn't have a comics counterpart. There is the Scarlet Spider 2, and then Spider UK from the upcoming Spider-Verse movie. So, a couple different tie-ins and things like this. I, I don't I don't find these suits appealing, really. I, I know some people like Scarlet Spider 2. The resilient suit is, is too chromed out, and uh, the UK Spider has... Or Spider UK, excuse me, has a very. It looks like the Union Jack, which is the UK flag, if you're unaware. Uh, and they just turned it into a Spider-Man costume. Does not look, not look cool in any way, shape, or form to me. I, I don't know. I'm not. It's whatever. I, I I'm not even gonna get to get to get to play the DLC right away. I got um. I let a friend borrow it, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But. On top of that, though, we also finally got New Game Plus after a short delay. And that also comes with a new Ultimate difficulty. So if you're looking for a new challenge uh, in New Game Plus, you get all your shit back and you get to start it in a, in a new difficulty. So there's that. But yeah, $7.99 out October 23rd. Go have at it, folks. Pokemon Go! Back in the news, as always, they've actually started to work in Generation 4, so that's Diamond and Pearl Pokemon. Uh, they added the starters, so Turtwig, um, uh, uh, what's the fucking penguin's name? Um, anyway, uh, Turtwig, that's the grass one, and, and uh, Embor, the fire, probably not, no, Embor's the third evolution. Uh, excuse me, it's a uh, Chimchar. Chimchar is the fire one, and Piplup is the fucking penguin. Whatever. Uh, Gen 4, now in Pokemon Go, or coming soon, and they teased Giratina as a legendary. So if you're still playing that, go catch those new uh, Gen 4s, huh? As we get ready for Gen 8, or 9, is it? Gen 8 next year on Switch. Huh? How about that? In other awesome news... A new adapter is coming for your PlayStation and PlayStation 2 to allow you to hook it up to HDMI because I don't think anyone has um, anyone has those R, R, RGA or AV cables anymore. You know, the, the red, yellow, and white cables? Yeah, no, nobody has those. No, no TV has that anymore. Hell, they switched to component forever, and I don't even think you can find TVs with component anymore, which was for HD. But it's essentially a, a copy of the HDMI cable that's coming with the PS1 Classic. So you can hook up your original PlayStation to a modern TV. How awesome is that? No adapters need no other adapters needed. I know we talked about, I guess Blizzard had kind of hinted at a new Diablo in the works, possibly uh, announcement at BlizzCon, but I, they came out and clarified that uh, this is a direct quote. We've seen a lot of rumors flying around about our plans for Diablo at the show. These are very exciting times. We currently have multiple teams working on different Diablo projects, and we can't wait to tell you about them when the time is right. Don't know what the hell that means. That sounds like normal corporate marketing garbly goop. Like, oh, hey, you figured out our plans. Fuck, we can't talk about it yet. And, yep, BlizzCon's coming soon, so we'll know more then. I uh, got some new Kingdom Hearts screenshots, which show off Twilight Town. Tra what was it? Twilight Town? Well, I don't know. And Mount Olympus, or more of Hercules' world. 
this game is looking really good. We're two months out, uh, three months out from from release, and the game's looking really polished. It looks really crisp. However, the screenshots from Mount Olympus did not look great. In terms of everything else looked great, like the backgrounds looked great, some of the characters looked great. Hercules and Zeus in particular, though, looked looked a uh, little 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 shady. Not not great. Hades looked fine. Pete looks fine. Maleficent looks fine. Don't know why they're there, but I know that was in the original like announcement trailer forever ago. But I I uh, just a little concerned. I don't know when these screenshots were taken. They just released them though, so ho- hopefully, if they are new, they can get polished up and cleaned up by then. But the stuff from Twilight Town looks amazing. They've been able to keep the same look and feel of the old Kingdom Hearts games, but have actually are probably benefiting from the newer, newer console technology. Everything looks, looks amazing. Cannot wait to sink into those. Gotta beat the first, uh, the 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 reboots though, so I can be caught up on the story at least. And uh, if you haven't played them yet, the story so far is is coming soon. So, there's that. Uh, PS4 exclusive Days Gone. It's that new zombie survival horror game, you know, with the crazy fast zombies and, like, the hordes of them, and there's the guy on the motorcycle and stuff. It's been delayed till April. Uh, Originally slated to come out this year, was delayed earlier in March. Then it was announced to be coming out in February, along with every other game next year, uh, but has been actually delayed again till April of next year. So, if you're big into the zombie game genre. You gotta wait a couple more months. I also got the brand new white Box One Elite controller. This thing this thing's fucking gorgeous. It it's all white with with the gray thumbsticks. The buttons are all white. The Xbox One jewel button is white. Oh uh the the, the grips on the back are dark gray, but oh my god, this thing is 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 a is gorgeous gorgeous on top of that though also got soul caliber six five six soul caliber six excuse me and a little disappointed i'm gonna hop into online play see how that goes but so far been really disappointed with the story mode it just it drags on for for forever and you have to go through all these like dialogue scenes and, and they're not even like actual like um, cinematics. They're like hand-drawn, like motion comics almost. And it's just, oh God, it's, it's boring. And there's fights every so often. Luckily you unlock fights with all the other characters while doing that. But, oh God, it's a drag, man. I just, I'm just going to play online with this game because let me, I'm going to push through the story to unlock a special character. But other than that, ugh, Jesus Christ. Oh God, I'm not even. I'm, I don't even want to talk about it. it. Put a bad taste in my mouth. I'm just gonna play online. Honestly, the the graphics are amazing, as always with the Soul Calibur games. That's uh, that's it for Soul Calibur. I'll talk more that on that next week as I get more time in. But uh, unfortunately, we lost a great man last week. Paul Allen, the co-founder of Microsoft with Bill Gates, he wasn't as involved in in the Xbox decisions as Bill was, but. Again, w- without him, Microsoft might not be be the company it is today. It, it's unfortunate we lost a man like that. Also owned, also owned several Seattle sports teams, 
like the Supersonics and and uh, he owns the Seattle Seahawks and and things like that. So Sounders, which is the soccer team up there, but it's unfortunate. Tech the tech world lost lost a great man last week and thoughts and prayers to his family and and friends and and those who knew him well. But moving on, I don't know why I keep forgetting to talk about this, probably because it's just didn't leave a lasting impression, but a couple weeks ago, Star Wars Resistance premiered on the Disney Channel. Uh, I actually had access to the first three episodes on demand, and I, I watched them th- that night. And honestly, I, I don't know what to feel about this show. It, it, it reminds me of, of how I felt when Rebels first premiered and, and how it was kind of childish and just didn't fit in with the rest of the Star Wars universe. That's kind of the feeling I'm getting with Resistance. Again, not a fan of, of this style of animation. It, it's not as bad as, as it is in the, in the um, what is it, the, the Godzilla anime movie on, on Netflix. But it, it's just, I, I don't know. The characters are kind of cool. The main character, though, is a fucking moron. Like, like even, dumb even for, dumb even for like kids show standards. But I, I just, I, I don't know what they are thinking. Other than that, though, got some new ships. I, I like this whole idea of like a race planet, or um, it's not, a, it's not a race planet. This, this ocean planet with a base but the people on it just are are racers like that's the main thing there and they showed off some cool new ships and some some interesting ties to what's going on this is probably just a few years before the the force awakens based on how old poe dameron the fact that poe dameron's in it because we know he was born not long after the battle of of endor but I don't. I don't know. Uh, it's almost like a successor to pod racing. These, these, um, this racing. But I, I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about this show. It's gonna be episode four next week. Like I said, I, I've seen all all three. So I I don't know. I'll talk more once uh, once more episodes air. But it's just it's not sitting well with me. I guess. Granted, it, it, it's it's for kids. It's it's geared towards children, but unlike some other kids shows, you know there should be stuff in there that that parents can tolerate, like they do in Star Wars movies or not Star Wars movies. I mean, um, kids movies in in general. Like, there's always something that can at least jokes that the the parents will understand. It won't go over their head or anything like that. But I, I don't know. I really don't know yet. I'll, I'm going to watch it regardless because it's Star Wars and it's canon, but I don't know. I just don't know. That That's really all I have to say about it. So we'll, uh, we'll figure it out, I guess, as, as time goes on, but that that's, that's it for now. Well, that was kind of a waste of time now, wasn't it? A whole lot of nothing said there. Anyway, Netflix and the BBC have ordered a co-product are co-producing a show that they ordered about Dracula, and it's actually going to be from Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis. If you don't know who they are, they are the ones who created the amazing Sherlock show with Benedict Cumberbatch. 
Uh, this show will be uh, will take place in the 1800s, uh, take place in Transylvania. They are an amazing team, so I have no doubt that that show will be great. Uh, three hour-long episodes, no word yet on production start or anything like that. Let's see how that turns out. Uh, major news for anime fans. Funimation is ending its partnership with Crunchyroll on November 9th. So that means uh, shows that were available from Funimation on Crunchyroll and Crunchyroll shows available through Funimation will no longer be available. This is a huge blow because Funimation makes a shit ton of animes and the fact that they're not going to be available on, on Crunchyroll anymore, that's a huge blow for Crunchyroll because they're like the not one-stop shop for for anime shows for people to stream and watch. Granted, no word yet on VRV and if that will affect them or anything, but this is huge, huge repercussions from that. Very big repercussions. The original Big Bird, Carol Spinney, is retiring after 50 years on the job. Uh, one of, is the original person to do Big Bird starting in 1969, you know, for Jim Henson and all that. And uh, it's crazy to think that someone's been Big Bird for that long. Because that, that's just nuts with that costume and the work they had to put in. But, hey, that's that's a end of an era right there. His understudy will be taking over. We got a tease for the new Watchmen show at HBO. Nothing more than just a new character that they're calling a vigilante wearing a yellow mask and like a police hat. So feel free to speculate wildly on, on who this person is. I'm not even going to bother because that's literally all we have. No name, no other information, so no. And one week after Iron Fist was canceled, Luke Cage has been canceled by Netflix. I can kind of understand this. The first season was amazing. It was amazing. Mahershala Ali was great as Cottonmouth. Uh, I haven't watched the second season yet. I, I, I saw it. I know it's had mixed reviews. I have talked to people that did watch it. They said it was good, but not as good as the first season. Not as bad as, as the Iron Fist combined, but it's uh, interesting to see that they canceled this on, on the eve of season three of Daredevil starting. But I can kind of understand this because Mike Coulter, while he was good as Luke Cage, he just, he's very stiff. He's a very stiff actor. You saw this in Jessica Jones season one, Daredevil, parts of Dare, or uh, not Daredevil, parts of Luke Cage season one, parts of the Defenders in the Halo show that he did. He's just, I don't know, He I feel like he, he, he's reading off a cue card all the time, but not like on Saturday Night Live where like it's fluid, but where it's like he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I know that can rub people the wrong way sometimes. I, I don't know. It's just unfortunate that Luke Cage is, isn't uh, isn't going to be renewed. A lot of people are hoping maybe this will this just means that we're going to get a Heroes for Hire show. Heroes for Hire was an ongoing comic series that it's both Danny Rand as Iron Fist and Luke Cage, and it, it's a it's a duo story of of both of them all the time. So people are hoping that canceling those two shows just means that they're going to get their own show, but. That's probably very unlikely. Meanwhile, Jessica Jones Season 3 is, is churning along. Punisher Season 2 is churning along. And speaking of all that, Daredevil Season 3 premiered. 
man, this show, fucking amazing. This is already, the first two seasons are some of the best things on Netflix. The fight cor- fighting choreography is, is great. The storyline is awesome. The guy who plays Matt Murdock, Daredevil, is great. Charlie Cox. Vincent D'Onofrio is amazing as Wilson Fisk. And that's kind of where they're, they're, they brought Wilson Fisk back for season three here. I'm excited to see where that's going. I've only watched a couple episodes, but I'm excited to see where this goes. I already saw it's getting awesome buzz for being an amazing season of television for even though it's only 10 episodes, but, but still it's, uh, that's underway. So definitely go watch that. And if you haven't watched daredevil before, I don't know what the hell you're, you're waiting for. If, if you think it's garbage or anything like that, then, then you're sadly mistaken. Maybe Luke Cage, maybe Iron Fist, things like that. Maybe the defenders, but no daredevil alone is an amazing show. I, I urge you to definitely, definitely, definitely check that out. Now, let's talk some Arrowverse, huh? Got a whole lot of stuff coming out as they're f- currently filming the crossover episode for December. And Stephen Amell has just been posting pictures like a madman. But a couple, couple interesting things here. Uh, got a picture of Tyler Hoechlin in his Superman outfit. But it was black suit Superman. No word on what that means yet. We also got some other pictures of of filming. And then the biggest one was the poster essentially was released. While Stephen Amell and Grant Gustin were on the cover, they were not in their traditional costumes. It looks like Stephen Amell is wearing the Flash outfit and Grant Gustin is wearing the Green Arrow costume. And Stephen Amell posted... In quotes, I am Barry Allen, the fastest man alive. Now, food for thought. Saw this rumor floating around as well. Does this mean that in the Elseworlds, that that Earth's Barry Allen looks like our Earth's Oliver Queen and vice versa? Does this mean that they're just trading just for the crossover? Does this mean that maybe in that world, Oliver Queen got the Flash's powers and Barry Allen became the Green Arrow? Who knows? No one kn- Well, the public doesn't know. And we won't know till December when the crossover airs. But a lot of interesting things going on. And they're po- constantly posting pictures. So, so keep your eye out on that. Keep your eye out on that. Uh, they announced that Lex Luthor is coming to Supergirl for uh, in this current season. So that, that'll be interesting. No word on casting yet. Uh, in terms of the shows, Flash kind of hit a bit of a stride in, in episode two. They finally had a showdown with Cicada, the main villain of the show, which is quick. Which is very quick for for the Flash show to, to meet their, um, meet the main villain this quickly. Uh, some interesting dynamic between Barry and his daughter. Also, interesting dynamic going on with with Caitlin and Ralph. Granted, Ralph suited up this week. Still have yet to see him do any stretching, uh, as he is the elongated man. Also, I don't, I don't know what they're doing with Cisco anymore. And obviously, Kid Flash is gone yet again. I know Kenyon Lonsdale kind of walked away from acting for a while, so that that's probably part of it. But I I, I don't know what 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 the goal is here with this season of the Flash. So. 
We'll see how it goes though with with Cicada as the main villain because he looks it looks like he can drain them of their powers and that that will be a, a different and interesting take to see how how Team Flash battles it out. But on the other hand, Arrow season seven premiered and holy shit did we have an amazing episode! Oliver in jail, Felicity in witness protection with William, all the rest of Team Arrow off doing their own thing. And a, a part of what happened in, in the last couple seasons of Arrow is they've been focusing a little too much on, on Team Arrow and the, the rest of the people and not so much Oliver. This season, however, looks like they're going to change that up a bit, maybe focus a little bit more on Oliver now that he's in jail and things like that. And damn, oh damn, did they kill it on the fight scenes. So they brought back some former villains that, that Oliver's put away. Uh, Cody Rhodes from WWE is back as his character. Michael Jai White is back as Bronze Tiger in prison. And Vinnie Jones is back as Brick in prison. But it, it it's an interesting dynamic as Oliver um, has to deal with people he's put away in jail and the fact that he's out. And just the fact that he's in prison, it looks like they're going to leave him there for quite a while. That awesome fight scene they, they teased a while back in the shower turned out to be even better in person. There's some awesome fight scenes with... There's this new Green Arrow in town who's not Oliver and not working with Team Arrow, and he's kind of taking out villains. He's actually got uh, his own list. Uh, if you remember from the first two seasons, you know, like, the Arrow would show... Uh, the Hood, as they called him in the first couple seasons, would show up and be like, you have failed this city. Um, this guy's doing that. So it's interesting take on that. Dinah's taken over Star City PD. Renee is is running like a boxing gym. Diggle and Curtis are working at uh, working at Argus together. And then Felicity is actually in witness protection, but Diaz actually finds them. And there's a whole awesome fight scene with her in that as well. So interesting dynamic. Uh, going to be totally different from from what what we're used to. And then, what's really nuts is they stopped the the main flashback storyline, which was kind of throughout the whole show, ended in season five, because that's obviously the five years Oliver was on the island. And then in six, they kind of did flashbacks for other characters. But what they're actually doing now with season seven, and and the the showrunners have said that they're going to do this from now on. Until the show ends. But they're going to be doing flash forwards. And this first flash forward has... Uh, I'm not going to spoil it totally. Has a certain character going back to Lian Yu. And meeting a certain older character that we last saw in season 6 for a brief stint. And was kind of off the show for a little bit. So kind of gets gets your blood pumping to see where, where they're going to take this. And how they're going to play out the story in... In the flash forwards, which is a totally different dynamic, and um, I actually find it exciting, and it adds a bit of a twist to things that we weren't expecting. But that's it for TV shows today, uh, this week. It's kind of a lot of some some interesting movie news. I saw a new movie, gonna talk about that. But the first things first, it's been brought to my attention. I was not exactly clear and misspoke last week when I was talking about bad times at the El Royale. I want to clarify that that is 8.5 out of 10. That's that's my rating for that movie. That is my rating. Um, first things first, the Flash movie has been delayed. Probably will not be released until 2021 as production 
is not expected to start until late 19, mainly due to Ezra Miller's scheduling for Fantastic Beasts. And obviously they have a new script writer and new directors that probably just want to hone in the tone of the movie and make sure they have time time to do everything for that. As we still have questions about Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill as uh, Batman and Superman respectively. Avengers 4 has officially wrapped. The Russo brothers posted another cryptic picture of a blue light and has led the internet to start speculating wildly. Mark Ruffalo was on Jimmy Fallon and apparently spoiled the title of the movie, which might be Avengers Annihilation. Nobody knows for sure, but that movie's coming out in April, so probably going to get a trailer real soon. Hopefully we don't have to wait till Miss, uh, Captain Marvel in March for a trailer, but I'm sure they'll drop one in November or December like they've done before. On, on In terms of other Marvel news that pretty much confirms that the ending of Infinity War is meaningless and is just stupid that they even did it, but uh, Spider-Man Far From Home has wrapped. Tom Holland teased that uh, by posting a picture, and then we actually got official looks at the new costume. Tom Holland was on Jimmy Kimmel this week, this past week, because Jimmy Kimmel was in New York. And uh, he comes out on stage in costume. It's a real funny bit with Guillermo and stuff, which is Jimmy's sidekick, how he stole Spider-Man's mask. It's real funny. I, it, it's cool to check out. But the new costume definitely confirms it's darker, very different from the last one. Um, no no, uh, no white, more more black accents, things like that. So I'm sure we'll get more on that movie soon. And that comes out next summer. Mark Hamill has confirmed that he is going to be Luke in Episode 9. I, I don't know how that was ever in question. But the most interesting thing, though, Warner Brothers announced a Tom and Jerry live-action movie. But it's not going to be like the Scooby-Doo movies... Uh, that James Gunn wrote that came out, what, early 2000s. It's going to be more like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where it's live action with like a cartoon character put in. Tom and Jerry will not speak and will rely on physical humor like the old cartoons. But also in this announcement is they're actually planning like a whole Hanna-Barbera live action universe, movie universe, with uh, apparently Scooby-Doo is in production with Chris Columbus, who directed Home Alone and the first couple Harry Potter movies, which is supposed to come out in early 2020. And also, apparently, a Jetsons movie, Flintstones movie, and Wacky Racers are all in deep development. No word yet on if they're going to remake the Jetsons, Jetsons Flintstones crossover movie. So, who knows? Anyway, let's talk about a movie I watched this weekend, which right now is one of my favorite movies of the year. And that is the new Halloween, which stars Jamie Lee Curtis once again as Laurie Stroder, reprising her role from the original Halloween, as this is a direct sequel to the original Halloween. It's the 11th movie, ignores the reboots, ignores all the other sequels, and this is technically Halloween 2 all over again. Now, I do not fancy or particularly like horror movies jump scares don't work on me i find the genre to be a tad stale very 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 predictable very predictable however i thoroughly enjoy thrillers i thoroughly enjoy other things of that nature especially slashers i know slasher is 
is technically a subgenre of the horror genre. I think it should maybe fit more with thrillers, but slashers I've always been more partial to because they they don't they don't waste your time with jump scares. They don't waste your time with with other trivial bullshit. It's just straight to the point. Mass murderer walking around with a machete or a knife or uh, uh, a bladed hand, and they're they're coming after you, right? Now, I have to admit I've never seen the original Halloween. I, I have the gist of it because I'm not stupid. I don't live under a rock. I've, I've had it explained to me through various means and ways, and I'm sure it's not different from the original Friday the 13th movies or the original Nightmare on Elm Streets in, in terms of how it plays out. But with that being said, this new Halloween, 100% I'm giving it 10 out of 10 because... There are awesome moments in this movie. It its pacing is is great in terms of it it has high points, it's got low points, it's got high points. It it and it, it it's got a nice flow. It's not just um it's it's not all over the place like some of these movies can be. And it, it's got a, a through point, it's got a, a a reasonable story that makes sense for how I'm sure you've seen trailers for it. My, Michael escapes from from prison essentially, and uh, and he comes back to his town to essentially go after certain people. But original mask is there. John Carpenter is back. He he did the uh, he was an executive producer and was the composer. So the original Halloween score, the music, the you know I'm uh, I'm not I. It comes off bad when I'm doing it here, but you, you know the song and the the way it, the characters are written, it makes sense. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, still haunted by the events of 40 years ago, has been preparing this whole time with guns and living in like a extreme safe house. You know, her daughter prepared estranged now because went nutso over the reactions from her mom, the granddaughter who's unaware and and uh, just thinks it's a crazy story. But it, it's it's great because there's a bunch... There, a couple times I was like, oh, fuck. Because there, there's oh, fuck moments, essentially. Because there's like crazy ways in which Michael either takes a unsuspecting victim out or uh, there's a twist in the movie that you don't really see coming. There's uh, one of the most gruesome deaths I've seen in, in a movie in a long time even. And uh, if you have a weak stomach, I don't recommend this movie because there are there are things that uh, could cause um, some people to be uneasy. But the, the, the rest of the stuff is it's, it's greatly choreographed. There's a lot of fun humor in the movie as well uh, to lighten some scenes up that that's necessary in some of these movies they can't be they can't be 100% bleak but was was not expecting to like this movie so much I mean I I knew going in that it was probably going to be really good like I said I I like slasher movies I've I've always been always been privy no that's not the right word I've I've always had a, a liking for the nightmare on Elm Street movies Always had a liking for the Friday the 13th movies. Really liked Jason versus Freddy, even though that movie's really bad. But uh, slasher movies are Chucky. I, you know, I, I mentioned how I really like Chucky as well. Uh, Child's Play, I should say. But 
was not expecting to go in liking this movie as as well as I did. And and that's why again, that's why I said it's 10 out of 10 because there's there's not many things I could point to and and nitpick about the movie because that's how much I liked it. It's great that they 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 work it into being a sequel 40 years later. And there's a lot of stuff that plays into that and that it and it works well because of course not a lot of people are going to react to a situation like that in the same way that people that were there are going to react. They work in modern things well. Like there's a, a couple that are, they say, uh, the one guy says it's a podcast. The other like, oh no, we're true crime journalists and from, from England. And it it reminds me of like making a murderer and, and, and serial and things like that. And, th- and that's why it works. And, and there's a, so many things that just make sense. I liked this movie a lot more than I liked the most recent It. But if you like slashers, if you like horrors in general, if you're a fan of the original Halloween or any of the other Halloween movies that have come out, definitely recommend this movie. Definitely, definitely, definitely recommend. As I said, 10 out of 10 for me. Great movie. Great movie. And uh, that concludes this week's episode of Nick's Nerd News. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you guys are listening to my recommendations when I give them. I I uh, I figure if you're if you're listening to my podcast, you like how I think, you like how I operate. So obviously, you're going to take my recommendations for granted, and uh, well, not for granted. Excuse me, that's wrong. But uh, you'll you'll appreciate my recommendations and at least give something some things a chance. Speaking in terms of recommendations and and being listeners. I'm going to tease something special for you here. We might have some special guests on next week. Uh, just finalizing up some from some scheduling. But uh, we might have a... Uh, you might hear another voice next week on uh, in in addition to mine. So going to let that savor in your brain there for about a week. But uh, hey, that's another episode down. I'm Nick. This was Nick's Nerd News. As always, fuck the haters. Go and live your life the way you want to live it. Have a good one.